It's time for CBJ in 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, YouTube, and TuneIn. The easiest thing to do is tell Alexa or Siri to play CBJ in 30. Here's your host, Bob McGilligan. I'm back. It is CBJ and 30 presented by Telhio Credit Union. It's training camp. Training camp is headed down the final stretch, believe it or not. Four of the eight preseason games are in the books. And the Blue Jackets have four more this week starting tonight in Buffalo against the Sabres. And then it'll be on to final roster cuts. And then finally on October the 14th, it's going to be opening night against the Arizona Coyotes. So, Welcome back. Thank you for coming back. It has been too long since we have sat down and we have chatted like this, and I felt that it was time to take your questions and to open up the Monday mailbag and find out what is on your mind. And now that there are some games that are already underway, there was the Traverse City Tournament, there have been camp scrimmages, now there have been four preseason games, you've gotten to see these guys play enough that your questions are coming easily, I'm sure. That's what I see. I see them coming easily here uh, ever since I prompted for questions. So I've got some good ones. We're going to go through it all. I'm going to break it down. I'm going to give you my opinion. It'll be unfiltered. You know the drill. If you've been here before, you know the drill. If you're new, welcome. And I've just told you exactly how it is going to go. Once again, I'd like to thank uh, our great sponsor for CBJ30, Telhio Credit Union. They have been with us. They've been with me. They've been doing this show for you And I just, I wouldn't be comfortable doing it without them because we have just become great partners in the work that we've done together with this show. But it's the work that Ohio Credit Union has done in the community that really stands out. First of all, they've been part of Central Ohio since 1934, and they've been a strong financial institution serving their members and the community. They've done that by promoting financial accessibility through extraordinary service and innovative financial solutions. Now, that's the script. Let me break it down for you, okay? They've got eight convenient locations. They are the number one SBA lender among Ohio credit unions. They have served over 70,000 members, and the volunteer hours that they have served in the community is upwards of 7,500. They are part of the community. This is more than where to put your money and where to get the biggest bang for your buck. This is about being a fabric of the community along with the folks at Telhio Credit Union. So go to their website at telhio.org, find out all about them. Telhio Credit Union, they are federally insured by NCUA. Now, it's time to get to your questions. And if you don't know the drill, again, I, I was wrong earlier. I was assuming everybody knows how it works here, and uh, we're just going to get right back to it, and we're going to do everything the way that we always have. But no, that's not right, because I know you. And I know that you've talked about this podcast, and I know that you've brought more people to be Blue Jackets fans along with you, your friends, your family, whatever it is. And I know you're getting them interested. So I'm going to go over the rules for the Monday mailbag. They're not really rules. It's just how it goes, okay? You can send me a question anytime, and you can do it by going on Twitter and sending it to me at Bobby Mac Sports. That's very easy to do. There's some people that like to get their voice on the show, and you can do that in a couple different ways. You can grab your phone, you can record a voice memo, or you can record a video, and then you can send your question to me via that format by doing it uh, by email. Bobby Mack 
at bluejackets.com, B-O-B-B-Y-M-A-C at bluejackets.com. So that's the way we do it here. So for you rookies, that's the procedure, okay? And now that the rules are set, and now that everybody knows what's going on, everybody's on an equal playing field right now, let's get to it and start with the questions. And I'm going to go to the people that want to be on the show first. They have jumped on day one. They couldn't wait to have their voices heard. And leading it off today is Shane. Hey, Bobby, we got a first-time caller here. My name is Shane Jacobs, and I got two questions for you. The first one is, um, what do you think happens with our goalies this year? Um, do you think one of them gets traded? And my other question is, how, or do you think Igor Chinikov will make the Jackets? And if so, how many points do you think he'll get? Thanks for answering my question. Well, that's a way to start it off with a brand new person asking a question on the show. So thank you, Shane, and welcome. I thought you were stealing my line there at the beginning when you started it off and you said, I've got two, and then you said, I've got two questions for you. I, I thought, is this guy going to give me the old, I got two words for you at the beginning of the show and not at the end of the show? But you're smarter than that, Shane. You're much smarter than that. You didn't go in that direction. Let me get to your questions. Uh, first of all, the goaltenders. So what do I think happens with them, and do I think one of them gets traded? That is your question. Now, before I answer that thoroughly, I have another similar question that I got on Twitter, so I want to just pair these two up because I'll hit the goalies all at one time here. Jonathan Kaplan sent this question. How much sense does it make for the Blue Jackets to keep both Elvis and Jonas through this season? Could or should one of them, preferably Corpy, in my opinion, Jonathan's opinion, not my opinion. I'm not saying my opinion right now. I'm giving you Jonathan's opinion. In Jonathan's opinion, one of them should be traded. All right, what do I think about this? Shane, Jonathan, here we go. I think these two guys are going to be here. I think they're going to be a tandem. I think they're going to battle, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Now, it's very easy to think Elvis getting that big contract and Corpusalo not being happy about it could create some kind of dissension or something like that. I don't see it that way at all. First of all, let me just tell you, if I'm the guy in charge and I gave Elvis Berzlikens the five-year contract and I didn't give anything to Jonas Corpusalo, I would expect and I would want Corpusalo to be mad about that. And I'm not just saying that because I'm some kind of a sadistic guy here. No, well, maybe, but what I mean is I wouldn't want him to be angry about that. I would want him I would want that to drive him. I would want him to prove to me that he deserves something similar. Now, this is a guy in Jonas Corposalo that ended last year with an injury. Okay? And both guys got injured throughout the course of last year. Let's not forget that. They both did, but Corposalo was hurt at the end. So with Elvis healthy at the end left a different impression at the end. He's got the contract. Corpusalo's got to do some work for it. I'm fine with that. I'm okay with that. I think Corpy's okay with that, to be honest. And even if he's not okay with that, and even if he's looking at the situation and saying, well, they don't want me, I've got to get out of here, he knows that the way he gets out is by playing well. It's as simple as that. But I think right now you're going to see these two guys together. And I think that you're going to see them battle. I think you're going to see them compete. And I think you're going to see them get along, quite frankly. And I don't see one or the other getting traded unless there is some kind of an injury with a team in the league that really needs to make a move for a goaltender. That's just my opinion as we sit here today. 
to be honest with you. Yeah, you can look at it and say the Edmonton Oilers need to improve in goal and they didn't do it over the summer and could they do it during the season? Maybe. Maybe. Like if they really take off and they think they're a Stanley Cup contender and the goaltending's holding them back and it's the only thing holding them back, then yeah, maybe. Something like that. But I think it's going to take an injury for somebody to make a move when it comes to uh, making a trade in season, at least early in the season. Once you get later in the year and you get toward the Stanley Cup playoffs, then I think that um, that situation could change, very well could change, if somebody wants an insurance policy or something like that. But, again, here's the thing. Um, Can we just be honest about this and throw it all out there? Neither one of these guys really set the world on fire last year, okay? I mentioned they were both hurt at different times. They they both need to play better. We'll sit here and say, and, and I'll tell you, and I mean it, you know, the Blue Jackets have two good goaltenders that could both be starters. And I do mean that. But last year, they were okay starters. They've not they've got to be really good starters. And last year, the team didn't play well in front of them. And the team potentially, and I say potentially because I really don't know yet, potentially got weaker defensively in front of them. Now, that goes another step, too, because do you have to win games 2-1 to one and 3-2 to two now, or are the games going to be 5-4-6-5 games? Do you feel you have more firepower and you can let up on the defense a little bit and just score more goals? That's going to be interesting to find out. And you can't tell by the preseason because it depends what lineup is in on what night and what lineup the other team has in, so... It, that's really hard to tell right now. I think this team can score more. I, I think it's going to be more balanced when it comes to scoring, quite honestly, uh, unless Patrick Laine takes off like a shot. But um, I think these guys are going to be here. I think they're going to play together. I think that position is going to be relatively unchanged. That's my opinion, and we'll find out if I'm right or I'm wrong. But I feel good in that opinion because I'm usually right. Now, to figure it, or to figure <laughs> I got so quick in praising myself, I screwed up. What else is new? That's what I. That's why I should never do it. Shane, the other part of your question, Igor Chinikov, is he going to be here? I'm going to tell you this. I don't see any reason to this point why he shouldn't be here this year. You know I'm a huge advocate of guys going to the American Hockey League and developing there. I'm not going to change my position on that. However, right now where this Blue Jackets team is, I think you have a teaching staff in Columbus. I think you have a developmental coaching staff in Columbus. I think this guy can help with the shot that he has, and I don't see an immediate need to send him to Cleveland. Now, that doesn't mean that if he struggles out of the gate, if he makes the team, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying if he does. But if he makes the team, does uh, does he hit a wall, and do you have to send him down there eventually, or does he just stick in the league and never go to the AHL? It'll be interesting to watch, but I think he sticks. As far as how many points will he have, um, you know, I hope he has. I hope he has a lot. <laughs> he had 17 last year in the KHL, and you know the level plays different. So I don't know. I let's just say let's just pick a random number and say if he had 25 points, that would be great, right? But we'll see. We'll we'll see what he does and see if he continues to develop. The games now are going to become more like NHL games. Look at the roster tonight in Buffalo. This is more of an NHL lineup that the Blue Jackets are taking, and Chinikov is in the lineup. So the games are going to get more NHL-like this week. So we'll be able to tell a lot more with him. All right, thank you for the question. It was uh, It's great to have you 
on the show for the very first time. I really do appreciate that. So we will move on from Shane and on to our next question. Hey, Bobby Mack. It's Don out in Virginia. Looking forward to another awesome season. Looking forward to having you fill up my podcast feed again every week. And uh, my question for you to start off the season is, of these three players, who has the most to prove this season? Line A, Corpusalo, or Domi? Who's got the most to prove? Looking forward to your answer and all the podcasts coming up this season. Hey, Don, glad to have you back this year. And that is a good question. And those are three really good candidates. Who has the most to prove? Patrick Laine, Jonas Corposalo, or Max Domi? They all have something to prove, but who has the most is the question. Domi's going to be hurt, or he is hurt. He's coming back from surgery, and so he's going to miss the beginning of the season. So I'm going to take him off that list. He has stuff to prove, but he's not even going to get to do it from day one. So he's off the list. Corposalo, he's also coming off an injury, and he's got stuff to prove, but... I feel that he ranks number two on your list. To me, Patrick Laine is the number one guy in what he has to prove. This is a guy that has scored 40 in this league, and last year was terrible. Just ask him. He said it. Actually, the word that he's – I won't even say the word that he said that he was uh, to describe himself in his play last year when he was asked earlier in camp. But he was not good. He did not look like the Patrick Laine of old, and this is a young guy who's only been in the league for a short number of years. So I think that he has the most to prove out of all of them because he has the biggest upside out of all of them. Let's be honest about that, right? I mean, does he have a bigger upside than Max Domi? Yeah, he's going to score. When he's on top of his game, he's going to score way more goals than Max Domi. Sorry, Max. Facts are facts. Um, you know, it's Corpus Allo wants him to have a big breakout year because I told you, we just might uh, be looking at six to five games this year instead of three to two games. So if Patrick's going to light it up, that's great. If he has so much to prove that he's going to light it up, that's great. And I'll tell you, I spoke with Jake Voracek last week. By the way, can I tell you how nice it is to have Jake back here? Jake, he brings so many things that are going to help this team, a lot of things, but just his infectious personality to have him back in the 10 years he was gone. I talked to him all the time when we played against Philly. He might be the one guy I talked to the most that has gone to another team for whatever reason. And one of the big reasons is he would search me out. He would search all of us out. That's, that's just Jake. There were relationships that were made. They were uh, special to him and he would always seek out the people that, that he made those relationships with, whether we were here or in Philly and all that stuff. But anyway, I was talking to Jake the other day, and Jake's going to be uh, Patrick Liney's line mate, at least to start off. It looks looks like. Will that stay? I don't know. We'll see if Brad Larson um, looks at lines like John Tortorella did, where they might last uh, one shift, uh, 10 seconds, who knows. But anyway, Jake's going to play with him. And Jake told me, he said, Patrick Liney's ready to go. He feels like he has a lot to prove, and he is ready. And Jake thinks he's going to have a big year. And if he does, Jake's going to have a big year because he's going to be feeding him the puck. So I hope that's accurate. I hope he has a big year. But I can tell you, he's motivated. So he has the most to prove, in my opinion. And I hope that he is able to do just that. All right, let's go to Twitter. At Bobby Max Sports. Twitter, where you never know what you're going to get. 
Sometimes it's good. Sometimes eh, not so good. Here we go with this uh, question from Texier. It says, what's the probability of getting Shane Wright in the 2022 draft? Right off the bat, you want to talk about the draft. Right off the bat, you want to, you know, you're you're not saying you're going to be really bad and maybe be the worst and be down at the bottom of the league, but that's the insinuation here right out of the chute. Listen, next year's draft is a big draft. We've talked about that. We talked about it at this year's draft. Shane Wright's a big player in that draft. Uh, what's the probability? I can't tell you that. But I don't think it's as good as a lot of pundits think that it is. I think this team, when you really break down the roster of this team, it's different, but it's not terrible. It's It doesn't seem as talented, but I don't know if that's fair to say. I don't know if it's fair to say. i got to see them play games. But there are still players here. Oliver Bjorkstrand's still here. Gus Nyquist, who didn't play a single game last year, is still here. I just told you Patrick Laine has had big seasons in the past, and he wants to prove he can do it again. Jake Voracek has been a constant in this league. Boone Jenner, once upon a time, had 30 goals, and even if he doesn't ever do that again, that's okay. He's still going to be there consistently in the 15 to 20 range for you. Zach Wierenski. He's happy here. He's locked in for a long time. He had 20 goals, by the way. He had 20 goals. He scored 20 goals in his career as a defenseman in a season that got cut short. And then there are, you know, guys that guys that have talent out there that we have yet to see. So I'm not looking at this team as one that's going to be battling for the number one overall pick. And to be honest with you, even if that did happen this year, it's not a bad year for it to happen because of this draft. But I just, I can't see it. You'd have to prove to me that they can be that bad because I think that they are an under-the-radar team that nobody is giving any credit to. And I know they love to play under those circumstances. I'm also not saying they're going to make the playoffs. I'm also not saying they're going to win the Stanley Cup. But what I'm saying is, I don't think they're going to be as bad as many media people in North America think they're going to be. And we'll find out. We'll find out what they are. It's going to start very soon, next couple of weeks. Uh, CBJ Polls on Twitter says this, the Blue Jackets defenseman group might actually be improved this year. The new additions look great on the ice. What do you think? I think it's hard to say that it's improved when you take the likes of Seth Jones and David Savard out of it. Okay, looking at it right now, I think it's hard to say, oh, it might be better. Now, it might be, but it's got to be proven. And I was just talking about the, the Wierenski and, you know, Gabrikov is here, and he's stepping into a into a bigger role as a defensive defenseman. Adam Boquist is a guy that's got a lot of talent and showed some of it with the Chicago Blackhawks. He needs to show much more. Jake Bean was a two-time American Hockey League Defenseman of the Year in the Carolina Hurricanes organization. And he looked okay when he was up last year, but he's got to take another step. And then the five and six spots are the five and six spots. Who's going to take those spots? Still undetermined as of right now. But could it be better? I I think it could grow to be better. I don't know if I would say that. I don't see it as improved right now. But it could wind up very well being improved when all is said and done when all is said and done. Ohio Country Gent sends me this tweet. 
With the Arizona Coyotes relaxing their game day dress code for players, do you see other teams, especially Yarmo and the Blue Jackets, following suit? Well, I do, because the Blue Jackets have had these track suits that they have worn sporadically over the last couple of years. They've uh, worn them on the plane. They've worn them into the hotels. And it used to be it was always coat and tie on the plane, off the plane, into the hotel. And they've had these, uh, you know, the team-issued and uniform track suits that they've worn. So I would think that they are, there will be more of that without question. And listen, I'm torn on this thing. And, you know, the, the dinosaur in me likes the guys being dressed up and coming to the rink. Or maybe it's just because I've got to be dressed up when I come to the rink. I'd be jealous if they were in a track suit with a jacket and pants and comfortable and I wasn't. Maybe it's that. But I, I just like that look, you know. Um, I've noticed getting back out on the road for a couple of road games, putting a suit on and getting on the plane. I didn't do that all last year, right? And it, it kind of feels good. Now, it might not feel good by Thanksgiving. Who knows? But it, it feels good. And I just think it, it looks good. But, you know, times change. Let's be honest. These guys now, they go to the airport. They go to a private terminal. They get on the plane. Nobody sees them get on the plane. They get off the plane at a private terminal. Nobody sees them get off the plane. They go to the hotel. They, they, you see them in the lobby of the hotel, but it's brief. And... Um, they're not as exposed as they used to be. I think, you know, years ago, one of the main things was you were always out in the public. You were on commercial flights. Uh, you were seen a lot, and you wanted to look professional and respectable. And and that's great. But times change. And I think the Blue Jackets will change with those times because they had already been doing that a little bit. They've been doing it a little bit more than you knew. And I would expect that they will do more of it. Bowtie has this question. What do you think, or who do you think, rather, who do you think will be the player that Coach Brad Larson will most hate to have to send to Cleveland? After talking with Brad Larson in Detroit on Saturday, I don't know that there will be a guy that he will hate to send because I feel that he feels whoever winds up there is going to do so by their own choosing, by the way they played, and... It's not really going to be his choice, so he won't hate it. He might hate that they made that choice. But I don't know who that's going to be. There are there are, there are are candidates right now. I mean, there are guys that I'm still waiting to see something out of. Alexander Texier in Detroit the other night, I, I think that in a game, and I know Detroit had some of the regulars in there, but I just want to see him stand out. I just want to see him take over a preseason game. I want him to show that – He's finally ready to be the player that they think that he can be, and I didn't see that. Now, he had a couple of heavy shots on the power play that resulted in rebounds. One of them went right by Carson Meyer. If Carson gets it, puts it in in the net. Carson has two goals on the night, and Tex has a big assist, and it changes a little bit, but I, I'm, I'm just waiting. I'm still waiting. I mean, this now is a couple of years here. It's time to turn the corner. And Emil Bemstrom. Need I say more? I mean, this guy, look, there. maybe last year and maybe even the year before, you know, these guys, they could go on stretches where they they didn't play as well or whatever, and who was going to take their job? I mean, they could look over their shoulder, and it was like being on the highway in the Arizona desert. There was nothing back there, right? What pressure were they getting put on them? Not much, nothing, nothing back there. But now... 
There are guys back there. There are guys coming right up on them. I made this example during the game in Detroit. Look, Justin Danforth, in a perfect world, maybe there is no battle between him and Emil Bemstrom. I'm not sure there's not a battle right now. I think there is. Because Bemstrom's not good enough to play in the top six. And if he's going to be in the bottom six, can he be on the third line? Well, let's see. Voracek, Bjorkstrand, Chinikov. Nope, doesn't look like it. So would that put him on the fourth line? It would seem to. Is he a typical fourth-line NHL guy? No, he's not, unless you want to roll four scoring lines. But he still has to prove he can score. But if he's on the fourth line, Justin Danforth, is he more of a prototypical fourth-line player? Yes, he is in the way that he plays. He's more typical of that. And in most other years, you'd say, okay, well, but Bemstrom's on a one-way contract and Danforth's on a two-way. Oh, whoa, 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 time out. Danforth is not. He's on a one-way. So, this year in particular, in my opinion, there are decisions that are going to be made. And, you know, that's, that's, one, of the, that's one of the things that, uh, one of the situations that jumps out at me right there. But I don't think Larson's going to ha- hate sending them to the American Hockey League. I think he's going to feel that's what they did to themselves. And that's why they're going to the American Hockey League. Now, on the final cut day, maybe there will be a guy he feels sorry for, but I didn't get that impression after the game in Detroit. Justin LaRock says, with all the players that are retiring and coming back to Columbus, how far away are we from an alumni game? I don't think that far away, Justin, to be honest with you. Jody Shelley is the head of the alumni, and I know that that is something he very much wants to do. And they don't just have to be here and and live here. I mean, you can bring players in for a weekend and have a game and all that. And I would not be surprised if that is coming sooner than later. I don't know how soon. I didn't talk to Jody about it, but I know he's really been trying to strengthen that alumni organization. That is one of his areas of main focus. It's only secondary to doing a great job on the air. I can tell you that right now. So Justin, I think, uh, I think that is in the future and, and not a far away future. Jeremy G. says, were there any rule changes or things officials are looking at a little bit harder for this coming season? I've heard it mentioned that cross-checking was a point of emphasis for officials. That is the thing, Jeremy, and you're seeing it in the preseason games. It's not taking a lot to get a cross-checking penalty called against you. They want that down. Uh, they don't uh, They don't want those vicious cross-checks from behind. You don't have to do very much to get the penalty called, and you know how it works. Training camp in the first two weeks of the regular season, they're going to be on that. And they're going to call it tight, and guys are going to go to the box, and teams are going to complain about it, and guys will then stop doing it as much, and everything will be fine, and then they'll do it again when the playoffs start. But right now they're on it, and that is the biggest point of emphasis, the biggest change for this year. Pale Dragon says, Have your expectations for the season changed at all after the first four preseason games, and what has surprised you the most? My expectations have not changed. If Well, I should say this. Uh, if they've changed in any way, they've changed to be more positive after seeing some of these young guys play in actual preseason games that I had never seen play before. But all in all, as I told you earlier, uh, I think this team is not as bad as many outside of here are making it out to be. What has surprised me the most, I, I think like everybody else, to be honest with you, that the 
Sillinger and Chinikov and the way that they have played, and especially Sillinger. I mean, he has just taken what has been given to him. Uh, he's not saying a word about it. He's just working hard. He looks like he belongs. He looks like that not only did he come here expecting to take a spot, but I think he's on the verge of doing just that. It surprised me, even though I heard how mature that he is for his age. And, of course, you know, his dad played in the league and, and played with 12 teams and played for a long time. I mean, he grew up around this. He gets it. He gets every bit of it. But sometimes, even though you get it, you still can't translate that in year one. It looks like he is. And I've been surprised how quickly that he has made those adjustments, even though everybody said that maturity-wise he was going to be able to do it. I, I still... I still tend to doubt 18-year-olds, I guess, um, but uh, he's he's proven to be um, he's proven to be a big surprise. I I've loved it, and I know everybody's loved what he has done so far. Troy is the worst. Says you have noted that COVID restrictions have limited your ability to get a full read on some players and a full read on the locker room. How much will you be allowed to personally interact with the players this season? And do you think the Blue Jackets will carry 14 forwards or eight defensemen to start the year? Um, I think I think the eight defensemen thing, I first of all, until you can tell me who they are going to be, I'm going to lean towards the eight defensemen to start the season. All right? That's where I'm going with that. Now, as far as the other uh, question that you had there, as far as the question about the players. That's a good question. Uh, it's a really good question. And I thought I had another question here that uh, was similar to that, and I do. It was from Sela, who says, have you had a chance to interact with the new guys from last season in person, and has it changed your perception of them? And uh, Sela, I remember from last year, your finish and I think that your question, even though it's general, may lean toward Patrick Laine. So uh, even if it doesn't, I'm going to answer it like that um, for you, to be honest. I haven't had a chance to sit and talk with Patrick yet. Uh, I've seen him around camp, but again, it's camp is a little bit different too. Camp every year, you have so many players, and until you get it whittled down and, still, and until you start traveling with uh, the main group, it's still a little bit hectic. Guys are in at different times of the day, and they're in different groups and all of that stuff. So um, that answers both of you, uh, to be honest, I, or I hope it does. There will be interactions. There have been interactions. I have been on the plane. I have talked to some of the guys. Um, Patrick Liney's not one of those guys. He hasn't gone on the road. So that's where I've had most of my conversations so far. But I will be allowed to personally – interact with the players again thank goodness I cannot tell you how much I appreciate that and and didn't realize you know how special that was I took it for granted like so many of us did with so many things Jay Coates says realistically what does success look like this year Jay success to me looks like playing as hard as you can play and being competitive each and every night and if um, you know if you Take that underdog approach and let it drive you like this organization has in the past when John Tortorella was here. Uh, then success looks to me like just, you know, finishing. If you finish, you don't have to make the playoffs here, but if you're in the hunt, 
and especially late, I think that is success. And even though John Tortorella is not here, let's keep this in mind, and this is why I bring it up. The mentality will be the same under Brad Larson. The wording will be different. The mentality will be the same. That's not going to change. The expectations will not change. I can tell you that. I can promise you that. No doubt. Jody says, let's kick this season off. I've noticed over the years it seems that I'm the only consistent female that submits questions. How can we get more female Blue Jackets fans involved as there are a lot of smart female hockey fans? It's a great question, Jody. It's a great question. And I'm. it's a question we ask all the time. I mean, it's a question that we ask uh, in the office with a marketing strategy. It's a question that we ask as a broadcast team because we know you're out there. We know you're there. It's as simple as that. And I don't know if, like, you're very, you're very bold in asking your questions. You, you just ask them. And I, I don't think you worry about if, am I wording it right? Am I saying it right? Am I, you know, you're just confident in your questions and that's good. And I don't know if everybody's like that. And it's not just women either. I, I think they're, there might be some guys out there. You get a little bit, well, I don't know if I'm wording it right. I don't know if I want to get involved. I, I'm, I'll just listen. I'm going to listen and learn. Don't be afraid. Ask it. Ask the question. It doesn't matter what the question is. I'm not going to snap on you for, for um, you know, trying to learn and, and trying to become involved or trying to get something specified that you don't understand. So, yeah, Jody, if you know any other uh, female Blue Jackets fans or hockey fans in general, it doesn't matter. Just want to talk hockey? Send them here. I mean, this is this is where it's at. So, I guess to really answer your question, what can be done is for you, and I mean all of you, to get involved in that and bring more people in and, and make them comfortable and talk to them and and let them know that shows like this are out there and they can learn more and they can ask questions and they don't have to feel like uh, you know they're an outsider to reach out and ask the question. We're all just part of the same thing here. It's really simple. We're all we're all following the same team. We're all following the same sport, and and uh, it's nothing but similarities here. So you can help. All of you can help. What else I have here on uh, Twitter? Kelly says, "What move from this summer do you think will have the biggest impact at the start of the season?" Well, I talked about. Cole Sillinger, just a bit ago here. And if he makes this team, then I would have to say that the biggest summer move is the trade of Seth Jones. Because in that trade, you got Adam Boquist, who is going to get the opportunity to play alongside of Zach Wierenski. You got a second-round pick. You took that and sent it to Carolina in order to get Jake Bean, who it appears is going to get the opportunity to play with Vladislav Gavrikov on the second pair. Then you got that first round pick that you turned into Cole Sillinger. So the biggest summer move, this is hands down the trade of Seth Jones, because you are going to take all three pieces, potentially take all three pieces that you got in that trade for this year. And they're all going to be a part of your team. They're all going to be in your lineup. And then you still have a first-round pick for next year. So there's not even an argument. That summer move will have 
the biggest impact. I think even if Sillinger wound up in Cleveland or went to juniors, it would probably still have to be the biggest impact because you wound up with two NHL defensemen that are going to be in your top four. But I think it's going to be every piece. I think it's going to be every piece. All right, I got a couple of questions uh, that people sent to me uh, via my email. Uh, Bobby Mack at bluejackets.com. First one is from Ed. And Ed says, maybe this is too sensitive, but is the uh, Novi investigation around the fireworks accident still ongoing? Thanks and go Jackets. Ed, I don't know. I, I think it is. I think so, but I don't know. I haven't looked into it, to be honest with you. Um, and, and I, you know, I'm answering your question, and I think this might be why it's in the forefront. Manny Legacy, the goaltending coach, on Saturday night in Detroit, uh, went on Bally Sports Detroit and did an interview with Ken Daniels, the, their TV play-by-play guy. And um, if you haven't seen it, you should do a search for it and you should watch it. I did that um, after we got home from the game. And uh, I consider Manny Legacy a great friend. And to, to see him in that interview and just to you know, open up about that, that situation with Matisse Kivlenix. And, and then he himself wound up getting COVID and was, you know, near death, quite honestly. And uh, it's, I mean, the summer has been just, it's been terrible for all of us with the, the tragedy of the, you know, with Kivlenix and all that stuff. But it's, it's worth going and doing a search for that interview and watching it because, like I said, I did that and I thought um, – I thought it was really well done. I thought Ken Daniels handled it uh, really well. So go do a search for it. Finally, I've got this question from Bill. Bill says, hey, Bobby, anyone miss torts? <laughs> well, I do. And that's no offense to Brad Larson whatsoever, but I just miss having him around and picking on him and hearing him be grouchy even when he wasn't grouchy and was pretending to be grouchy and all those good things. But listen, um, He's moved on. The Blue Jackets have moved on. Brad Larson's going to do a great job with this club, I believe. And um, four more games. Four more games of preseason. That's what's left. And the Blue Jackets are going to have a really nice-looking lineup going into Buffalo for a game tonight. That game will be at 7 o'clock tonight. And I will be there. Dylan Tyre will be with me. He'll start pregame coverage at 6.45 this evening on 97.1 The Fan in Columbus. Or you can... Hear us via the Blue Jackets app. And by the way, I had some people last week, I, I think they were having problems finding it. Look, if you go to the Blue Jackets app and you scroll down to where it says listen live, don't go to the headphones in the corner. I don't know if that works preseason, but I can tell you if you scroll down to where it says listen live, you get the pregame, postgame, the entire game, Blue Jackets and the Buffalo Sabres. So that's tonight. Blue Jackets are home on Wednesday against Detroit, 7 o'clock start on the road Friday in St. Louis at 8 o'clock back at home on Saturday to take on Pittsburgh at 7 o'clock and wrap up the preseason schedule. So there is your first edition of CBJ and 30 presented by Telhio Credit Union, the Monday mailbag edition, answering all of your questions, getting you all up to date, welcoming those of you that are new, saying hello once again to those of you that have been here for a long, long time. And thanking, once again, my good friends and the great people at Ohio Credit Union that make it all possible. Tonight, the Blue Jackets and the Buffalo Sabres, 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage starting at 645 on 97.1 The Fan. Until then, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long.